Welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Today we are back with you. We are back talking about new metal, and we have a very special episode for you today as we are talking about Primer 55 and their second album, the new release... And we knew if we were going to do this record, if we were going to do this record right, we had to call in the big guns. We had to call in the big guns of podcasting. And that is one Josh Toomey of the Talk To Me podcast and the Diabolos and Podcastica there podcast. Josh, welcome to the coach. It is nice to be back. This is my uh, second appearance on the show now. It is. You popped in when we did uh, Rockin' Pod. Back in 2018, and we were like a natural fit. We got to get you on. Plus, you've been you've been pretty close to an OG Roach Rider. You came in and gave us support from the beginning, which we've always appreciated. And uh, you've sent a lot of people our way, and it, it only seemed fair to bring you on because you were a member of Primer 55. One of many, yes. There we go. <laughs> so. We are going to talk all about this record today, Josh. We're gonna we're gonna go into your memory, and you can talk about anything and everything that this record brings up for you. But before we do that, we have got to talk about who's tweeting. Who's tweeting? Who is? Who? Josh, we got a lot natural of people tweeting. Fit. Josh, natural He's in. fit. He's right in, in there. <laughs> He's figured it all out. Right in. And uh, what what we have is we got to know who's making lists. Who's making those lists? Oh boy, who isn't making a list? Uh, Krang for sure making a list. Uh, we were sent a list of the twelve best new metal B sides ever, ever. And I gotta tell you, it's a true list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Meaning it's that a list. Things there are numbers. There are there are twelve uh, songs on it, uh, and it's an interesting it's an interesting list. Lauren, did you have any favorite B sides on said list? Um, I definitely like to see. I liked seeing Static X "Sweat of the Bud." That was a cool one to see. I also thought it was pretty cool to see "Trust." I'm sorry, "Trust." by Limp Bizkit, which has always been one of my favorite Limp Bizkit songs. There were a few surprising ones here. They picked Drowning Pool Hate off of Desensitized, an album, Jenny, that you listened to and promptly forced yourself to forget. Yes, I did. <laughs> it's a skill I have, so <laughs> pretty That's proud super, of it. Real superpower, Jenny. Um, it is really yeah. true. But uh, yeah, there were there are so plenty of good ones. Anything on here that you stuck out to you? Uh, I love to see fear. Reminded me that I need to return to that sweet, sweet, disturbed record. Uh, what better time to listen to Dropping Plates than now? They True. obviously did not choose the correct B side, but uh, a good B side nonetheless. Yeah, I you know I gotta know since um, you know you and Mitch have been cohabitating for a while. Have mm -hmm. you run him through 
the sickness at all? You know, I got, I'm not sure. I've got to believe I've played at least dropping plates, but I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe this week. Maybe this weekend I'll I'll lay it on him. <laughs> it's time for Mitch to get a little bit of the sickness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One way or the other. Um, well, good job, Kerrang, for an interesting list. Much appreciated. Uh, also, head for the barricade. Those guys, they're list machines right now. They're making lists of all kinds. They made a list of their top five POD songs. How they narrowed it down to just five? I don't know. That list, Boom, Going In Blind, which is one I do not know, but is apparently, according to them, a stunning ballad. Southtown, The Messenger, and number one, Youth of the Nation. Whoa. Do you want to hear a couple seconds worth of Going In Blind? Yeah, let's let's hear it. I, I heard it's a stunning ballad. Oh, what a... If I don't see those goddamn hands in the eye... In the I got right him now. up as hard as I can! <laughs> Where are them lighters at? Come I on. got my lighters up! I have a feeling P.O.D. That is not saying, sure. put those goddamn hands in the air. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Oh, but if they were. Oh, if they were. Oh, if they were. You know what? Uh, Youth of the Nation seemed a little high. If I, Off the top of my head, I feel like it's either got to be Southtown or Boom. Jenny? Uh, I'm, I'm a Southtown fan myself, but you know what? I bet if I made a list, everybody would have an opinion about it. Right? So, Absolutely. Youth of the Nation, why not? Who knows the why criteria? Not? Who knows the criteria that they were grading things against? You know? I don't. Josh, where do you weigh in? On uh, best POD. It's got to be alive, right? That was the jam. It was the jam. <laughs> Man, you know what? There you go. Once again, there's a lot of POD options to think about. Jenny, we got one more list. We sure do. And this is a fan poll, so people voted on this. But over at Revolver, there was a top five Deftones records. Uh, fan voted. They said number five. Adrenaline. Number four, Koi no Yokan. Number three, Diamond Eyes. Number two, Around the Fur. And number one, no surprise, White, White Pony. Pony. Gotta be. No self titled on there. No one has time for self titled. But uh, a good list, I thought. What do you think? Uh, I thought it was a pretty good list. Um, no surprise that White Pony came in at number one. I was surprised that Koino Yokin and Diamond Eyes, though, uh, sweeped in. I love those records, but it, it's uh, a little surprising that they ranked uh, higher up than some than the self-titled, frankly. But uh, but then I read the description for Diamond Eyes, and let me tell you, Revolver and Diamond Eyes, you guys need to get a room. <laughs> Listen to this. Revolver named it the best album of the 2010s. <laughs> well, the best album of the 2010s, and for good reason. With Diamond Eyes, the Deftones pulled great art out of tragedy. Two years before, 
bassist, 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 Chi Chang was in a car crash that left him in a coma. He would die in 2013, an event that crystallized for his bandmates the need to make a new beginning. They scrapped a record, Eros, recorded before the accident, and truly seized the day. Diamond Eyes seethes and soars with vibrant, primal, sexual urgency that even now, 10 years later, remains undiluted. Wow. All right. God damn. Wow. There you go. Put there on Diamond know. Eyes. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a yeah, lot of people of posting about how they're lonely. Yeah, they're lonely. <laughs> they're missing people. Just put on Diamond Eyes. You'll be all right. There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think if you put on uh, the Deftones, even just passersby will come into your home and make love to you. That's what I hear. That's true. Yeah. So be careful when you put that yeah. on. <laughs> the yeah. siren song of Chino calls them t- to wash up on your rocks. Yeah. Uh, we also got to talk about who's emailing. Who's emailing? I- I'll tell you who is. Daniel Jackson. Daniel Jackson sent us an email. Uh, Lauren, it's your turn. I just jumped it right is. on you. You want to read okay. it? It's okay. You read it. it the, the subject line is yo. He said, yo, just started listening to your podcast. Shit's tight. I happened <laughs> to find it through the St. Anger episode. And what are the odds? I hear my boys in guerrilla warfare being mentioned. LMAO. We rock shows in the River City hardcore scene. I don't know if y'all got some sort of rule on doing EPs or not, because they only got two out. But don't sleep on guerrilla warfare. That shit is mad ill. If you need more recommendations, try checking out some Amur or Attila. Peace. Daniel, peace to you as well. Thank uh, you. We have no rules on what we cover. We'll do a whole Cure album, so we'll definitely do an EP. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I love an yeah. EP. Love an EP. So, yeah. Thank you. And Amur and Attila, I'm pretty sure those have been recommended before. So, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, speaking of recommendations, Andrew Wolf wrote us subject new recommendations. Thank you very much. Not only did we get a lengthy list of recommended recommend recommended recommended bands, but under each band, Andrew listed a recommended song for us mm. to check out. I really appreciate that. Don't make us guess. I'm not going to read this whole list. It's very long, but I appreciate it. And I think there are a few on here that'll be a first for us. Um, I'm not sure that we've been recommended Charcoal Tongue, Cold Casket, Ramallah. I don't think we've been recommended. So uh, there are quite a few on here. And thank you for I doing... I got that Charcoal Tongue up. Which song did he recommend? Choke. See? This is got what it. makes it great and easy. Thank you, Andrew. All right, here's Choke by Charcoal Tongue.
good. That's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. We had some beepy boys. Great question. Where do you start when you're already dead? I guess we'll have to find out the answer. Okay. Put it on the long list. You look like you're contemplating something. How did you feel? How did you feel about cold casket or charcoal tongue? What am I reading? <laughs> That's another band. Jesus. Charcoal tongue. What'd you think? I was yes. actually thinking yeah. when those vocals kicked in, if you had that blasting in your house, people may, may come into your house and make love to you. So you, know, <laughs> you might want to listen at a, at a low volume. Uh, there you go. There you go. That's charcoal a hot tongue one. is a headphone listen. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That That's a hot one. Yeah. Uh, charcoal tongue definitely going on the long list i think i think we may revisit this list maybe um in a few episodes or so and just dip in see what else we find from it but charcoal tongue strong start for this list thank you andrew we also got some skin lab feedback remember Uh, skin lab skin lab oh yeah great app great app Mike Newton said, off and on throughout the album, I kept thinking to myself that if Pantera went new metal, this is what it would sound like. Never really considered this new, but it's pretty close. And yeah, their next album is definitely worth a spin for the show. Great episode, guys. Can't wait for my new shirt. Keep on rolling and activate that fucking pit. Absolutely. Thank you, Michael. Thank you very much. Jimmy Jensen says, when Charles Mansion ad-libbed over that Andrew W. Boss, the pride of Salt Lake City, I was just floored, spot on, about Skin Lab, great band from back when, but I never considered it new metal. They always came off as 90s groove metal. Great show once again, guys. Thank you, Charles Jimmy. Charles Mansion. Yeah, good job, Charles. Thank you. I appreciate any time that I get recognition. My parents definitely want to ground me after last week's episode. <laughs> well, you did a lot of bad stuff last week, Charles. I I personally support you being grounded for that. Yeah. Also, Charles, I um I got reports that you uh, filled an entire trash can full of piss uh, to be a child vigilante, and we ask that you do not do that again. But I like being a bad boy, and that took me six weeks, and the smell was horrendous yeah charles there are other ways to be bad you don't have to i only know how to be bad by what's in feel these dreams okay well don't don't fill up another rough neck with your pee okay i will never do that it smells oh my god like yeah the worst thing you could possibly do my i am grounded again just thinking about it it is the worst charles me and she All right, Charles. Uh, Finally, Gareth Davies said, This album is like the missing link between groove and new. With most groove, the thrash parentage is very evident in the technique and musicianship. Skin Lab aren't afraid to distill down to a very pure place, where they just lock in and shift from groove to groove without taking time out to wheedle-wee on guitars or prove their chops. The lead guitar is really just a bit of seasoning to the dominant rhythm section, like so much of new metal. Couple that with Steve shifting vocal modes between shouting, screaming, speak singing, and Peter stealing, and that's a whole bunch of new metal DNA. It's just kind of lacking that hip-hop influence. Glad you guys enjoyed it. Thank you, Gareth. And that is it for Who's Tweeting. Keep on saying hello online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or RoachCoach and all those, or send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. And now it is time for the album of the week, the new release by Primer 55. Jenny, when did this album come out? 
This album was released on August 14th, 2001. That's, That's still the, thick, the of thick of it. Still the thick of it. Jenny, we'll start with you. History with Primer. History with this album. Uh, I don't have any history with this album specifically, but uh, I do remember Street Teams after shows gave me some sort of Primer something, and that is how I heard about Primer 55. Uh, and then obviously we've done them for the show. We met Josh, and the rest is history. How about you, Lauren? Uh, yeah, the same thing. Um, I remember, I don't think I got street teamed, but I definitely recognize this album art. I think for my college radio station, I think there was a, an album flat or something placed somewhere. So I definitely recognize this, but I have to say this was a brand new listen for me. I did not recognize any of these songs. Uh, Matt. Yeah, history, um, history. pretty much the same. The, the artwork from introduction to mayhem was kind of ingrained in my brain. So I knew that album, although I didn't listen to that album. And then this one, the art was always behind Introduction to Mayhem. So I never really listened to this album. There it is. The there truth. it is. And finally, Josh, what is your history <laughs> with this album and Primer 55? This is the first listen for me. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Just hearing of the band. Uh no. Jokes aside, my history with Primer 55. I met them during the Introduction to Mayhem album cycle. Met Bobby and Jason at a show. They were supposed to be playing with Stained on one of Stained's off days of the Sick and Twisted tour with Korn. Uh, Stained ended up canceling. Primer still played. So we went to the show, saw the show, hung out with the guys. And um, I grew up in Nashville. They were in Louisville, so it's about a three-hour drive uh, between them so I kind of kept in touch with Bobby and then one day on the PRP it, they posted that they needed a bass player and uh, I reached out auditioned at the time honestly didn't get it the guy that you see in the picture Kobe got it and then I kept in touch with Bobby just through that through about another year or so and um, we had talked about doing a side band and then Basically, one day it was like, can you learn all of the songs for the set and leave for tour in three days? So that was kind of my uh, introduction to that mayhem. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a tour. And actually, to, to uh, talk about the album that you just talked about, uh, we were touring with Skin Lab and uh, Dope at the time. So good times. Oh, there you go. Okay, cool. Uh, Jenny, who is in Primer 55 on this album? Okay, a lot was going on when this album was being made. So there were various lineup changes preceding and during this recording process. Um, in the album's liner notes themselves, what is listed is Primer 55 is Jason vocals, Bobby Burns guitar, bass, and vocals, and then introducing, introducing Preston Nash drums and percussion and Kobe Jackson on live bass. That is what is listed in the album artwork itself. There are a few other people mentioned as musicians that got uh, brought in during the recording. Um, but yeah, that's that's who's listed. Josh, if you have any further <laughs> insights here, I'd, I'd be delighted to hear them. As on I this not there. On this album is Jason on vocals, Bobby playing guitar and bass, and John's, John Stanier of Helmet playing drums. So, that's who's on this album. 
Interesting. Is there a reason that John is not mentioned in the liner notes? Or I don't know. I've ne- I like I said <laughs> before we started recording, first time I've ever really dove into these liner notes. I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty well known that John Senior played drums on this, but uh, but yeah, the um, I know they went in to record the second album, and Bobby said it many times on other shows. But he he said that he told the label he had five or six songs ready to go literally had no songs ready to go so him and john stanier just kind of uh hashed out a record uh uh together uh while jason was actually getting his tonsils removed so there you go there you go uh producer on this record is one eddie wool with bobby burns eddie wool he uh if i'm correct he produced the first one as well yes he did is that right yeah okay impressive resume He's worked with Anthrax, H2O, Fuel, Smile Empty Soul, and, oh, it says here he's worked with Bruce Springsteen. We've heard of him. Oh, boy. Oh, Don't tell man. Sweet Mitchell. Don't tell Sweet Mitchell. Oh, uh, is Mitch a fan or a, not a fan? Huge fan. Huge fan. Huge fan. Opposite huh? feeling that he has about wah pedals. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Love Springsteen. Love um, Springsteen. Hates sure wah. does. Hates yeah. him. It, it is. It is <laughs> funny. Every day, Mitch is posting on his Instagram. This is not a joke. This is true. Mitch is posting pictures and video of his various pedals that he's making. That he's making little mm-hmm. seats for. I guess they're called a pedal seat. <laughs> is that that official term? I, I guess. guess. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it is and, now, buddy. It is now. Aren't they called pedal seats? Um, yeah. And they, uh, they and, look like little tiny chairs. <laughs> little pedals. tiny chairs and <laughs> pedal seats pedals. and. Uh, <laughs> And, and every day, though, I just think, not a wah. Not a wah. Not a wah. Not yeah. a wah to be found. Um, so I have a physical copy of the album here. Uh, Josh, you also have a physical copy. Um, how much did you get yours for? 99 cents at the, uh, <laughs> at the uh, what is that, the uh, Half Price Books in, uh, in uh, Louisville. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I think I got mm-hmm. this on the same night I went to see one of your improv shows. So. Oh, there we go. There you go. You're right. You did. Yes, because you came to the show and you said, I stopped by and I got it an incredible big thrift. And I was like, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, I picked this up at Second and Charles. Uh, not as good of a thrift. I got it for $4.50. This is an appropriately gritty looking album art. We have what looks to be like a charred cross on the front cover here going through lots of sort of overexposed or weird um, images half images some some out of context quotes like amputating my emotions make me numb so i don't care keep checking my vitals still no sign of life in there we also get uh, pictures of all the band members um, which become gradually out of focus twisted and then I got to say, a little confusing, the actual lyrics are hidden in the foldout. So the first time I paged through this thing, I said, wow, all pictures, no lyrics. But then you open, open again, and you're greeted with all of the lyrics. There they are. Tricky move, Primer. Tricky, tricky. And then it does have in here classic 2001 stuff. It says here, how to download the limited time exclusive Primer 55 track, Feel Like You. 
Here's all you have to do. Step one, place the new release in your CD-ROM drive. Number two, surf over to <laughs> Primer55.com slash download. Download is spelled wrong. It's missing the N. Um, then you have download. to... And then And this is... And follow the instructions. It's three. That's it. Load it and rock. I love it. Josh, feel like you. Do you know this song? Were you ever asked to play it? I was never asked to play it, and I do not know this song. Okay. Fair enough. In the thank yous, I'm always looking through the thank yous to see if there's anyone saying a no thank you, if anyone is disowning um, absentee parents, nothing like that in here. The best I could find was Preston thanked a lot of people, and at the end, he said to anyone I overlooked, I'm sorry, you know I'm a dumbass. (laughs) And I said, okay, there we go. Yeah, that's basically the liner notes. Uh, some good pics of the band. Everybody looking appropriately, um, appropriately new metal. This uh, this beard. I assume the gentleman up front with the uh, nose piercing. That's Bobby. And this is CD. a very very intense booklet. Yeah, if, <laughs> under the if you look under the CD, there's a picture of the band under the CD. All right. <laughs> you have to. Yeah, the. Uh, for it. It's there though. <laughs> yeah, that's Bobby up front. Jason yeah, that is impressive beard work, I have to say. Impressive beard work. Yeah, so this record was, sadly, this was one of the many records stifled by 9-11. According to the Wikipedia, the label cut support shortly after 9-11. Before this album even had a damn chance. Josh, when you joined the band, had 9-11 happened yet? Yes, Okay. Yeah, I joined in uh, 2002, so it was, uh, oh, okay. you know, um, the w- when we talked about the album and what was going on with the label at the time, you know, they were pushing the album hard prior to 9-11, and then Primer was on tour, and basically the entire record industry shut down because a lot of it's in New York City, so they were basically sitting, I, I, I think they were in, like, Seattle, on a bus for like a week before touring even resumed. Like they didn't even know what was going on. Do we go home? Do we stay out? And basically they, they, they continue on touring. And then just after that, you know, the, the industry shuts down. Nobody wants to play metal anymore. You know, they want to hear POD positive POD, not uh, angry primer 55. So, you know, that was, that was a big blow to the band. And then, you know, there was some member changes after that. And then, you know, after I joined, um, after we got done with that last tour, it was like, all right, we're done. <laughs> so I was the last bass player of the original, you know, two album cycle. Did you play on the Slipknot Pledge of Allegiance tour? No, the only tour I did was the $12 Riot tour. It was Dope, Skin Lab, Us, and a band called Society One. Mm. Were they uh, Society One new metal? Yeah, kind of in that, like, uh, I think they were doing a little bit more of an industrial thing. You know, probably closer to Dope. You know, if Dope is new metal, then yeah, they're new metal. Okay. All right. Um, oh, Johnny, we didn't even get into these genre tags. Oh, no, we didn't. Uh, the genre <laughs> tags are funk metal and new metal, which I think is pretty accurate. Um, 
one of the things that I really enjoyed finding uh, when I was looking, I was digging through Discogs on this album. I found a promotional copy. And in the insert, um, there is the write-up that Island Def Jam did to let record stores know what was going on with this record. And I just want to read you a little bit of the top, and I want to confirm or deny that this is true. Primer 55 is not your average group of rock stars. All of the charisma, none of the attitude. True or false, Josh Toomey? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they were very, you know, Jason's very charismatic. Bobby was very charismatic. So, yeah, I could see that. There, were, there was a lot That's of good. infighting in this band, a lot of, uh, a lot of animosity and anger in this band. So, especially by the time I joined, it was like at the end. So it was like they were all fighting. <laughs> Every day something was going on. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> boy oh boy and and so you said josh before we started that you you played that some of these songs when you listen to this album for the episode that you were not familiar with some of these songs so what um i guess were you guys playing mostly first album stuff on the tour or we, was it a half and half situation i would say it's about a half and half thing but i mean you know it's I was so focused on the songs that I need to learn for the set that I didn't dive into the, uh, the rest of the catalog. So, you know, I, I know I've listened to this album many times, but listening to it again today, some of the later tracks, I was like, eh, I don't really remember that one. Okay. Well, I think, I think it's a good time then to dive into this record. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, uh, the first track is kind of a nice little intro. It's called time trapped under a rock and that goes into this life. If you can go to 210. <laughs> yeah, I can do that for you. Here we go. 210. It's not the life you wanted. So I 
Josh, we're going to start with you. Were you guys kicking off the shows with This Life? We actually opened with Loose off of the uh, first album, but uh, okay. This Life was always early in the set. But I do have a story about this song. When this, when I auditioned for Primer before this album came out, so I, did, I had never heard anything off of this album. Um, and I got a compilation CD called Dude, Where's My Skull? <laughs> it's like the, It's like the total... <laughs> you know, early two thousands, you know, name of a compilation CD, but this song was on it. And I remember I was at my house with the big stereo, put the song on and just dropped because I was like, this song is so fucking good. And it's like, I just missed out on everything. Like I missed out on the big, the big dream kind of uh kind of thing. And I was so bummed that I didn't get the primer gig when I heard this song for the first time. This song is tremendous. I was not prepared because I had, loose in my head i had a lot of those songs and i i know that we we enjoyed the first primer record but i remember i think one of the thing that we said about it was that it was like new metal to a fault like it was so just just so over the top that it felt like too much and this was like right in my sweet spot those vocals were right in there strong hook i like the smooth but not too smooth and then you get that pay scream drop this thing let me tell you Money in the bank for me. Jenny, thoughts? I took really great, informative, and detailed notes on these <laughs> listens. So I wrote, pissed in a radio-friendly way. Catchy song. Could be a hit. <laughs> that was before <laughs> I learned. Yeah, I'm a hit maker over here. <laughs> uh, that should have been the liner the... notes in the uh, in the promo single. It should have said, you know, could be a hit. That's exactly right. You know what? <laughs> I have to say, I didn't read the rest of this. I'm going to give you little pieces of it, but it does say, uh, it says, Primer 55 have grown out of the new metal playbook and come back with an album that bounces as hard as it rocks, hitting the funk pipe for inspiration, but avoiding the pitfalls less capable bands fall into. Primer 55 set themselves apart from the rap rock and funk metal hybrids, bringing rock with a wholly original and captivating album. The new release. We haven't hit the funk pipe yet, but we will. Um, oh, we gonna hit that funk pipe. <laughs> We're we gonna, gonna hit the hit. funk. Somebody... Uh, <laughs> oh, no. D- don't worry, yes. Ken. Don't, don't worry, Ken. Don't worry, Ken. Don't worry, don't Ken. Ken, hang back for a minute. We, we, we'll get to you. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. this life was great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, especially as I listened more. This is just like a very catchy it feels very in the pocket it felt really good matt thoughts on this life yeah hearing it the the hook is undeniable super catchy song um i'm glad that they they pulled out that aggressive part later in the song because i think it draws you in in a way that some bands don't like if you come off the last record to this one you could hear that and be like "Uh uh-oh are they going too soft and then they come in with that and you're like nope the boys are back at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Songmeanings.com. Uh, a few comments. Um, 
Most of them pointing out that the song is about um, domestic abuse and getting revenge on the abuser. Commenter StarKitty39 said, I didn't know this song was about abuse, but in so many ways I can relate to this song. I can feel myself singing this song to myself, repeating these words in my mind. I know how this person feels so much. Pain sucks, man. <laughs> Preach, Too true, StarKitty. <laughs> Preach Got it. it. Preach it. All right. Let's keep this bad boy going. All right. Up next is Growing. This one I like. This rumble bass has got this nice chug. Plus, we're dealing with an interesting topic as we're talking about having all this pain and anger inside and trying to deal with it and not really sure how to deal with it and seeing these other people and not really sure what to think. And so he keeps saying that he's like, you're so sentimental and in this way, though, that every time I listen to it, I was like, it's interesting to hear almost like an envious tone. Like, he wishes he could be sentimental, and he can't quite get there. So I, uh, I enjoyed that angle. I wrote in my notes, another strong track, great stuff. Uh, Josh, thoughts on growing? Now, this was always a staple of the live show, and this is uh, a, a sign of, of Bobby Burns, you know, wrote all the songs on the two albums, and he was a bass player at heart. You know, he played guitar in the band, but he went on to play bass for Soulfly. And he always wrote these great bass lines. So when you got to play them live, you got to shine. You know, even in this life, you know, the verses are very bass heavy, growing very bass heavy. So, yeah, it was always an absolute blast to play live and a staple of the live set. I definitely get that. I definitely get that. And this one also, this one immediately, I think, I think echoing what Matt said about like, you still want the old fans to know that you, you still got it. This, this definitely could slot in uh, with those verses um, into the first record. Jenny thoughts on growing. I, uh, I also enjoyed growing. I liked that it was a little bit lurky is what I wrote. Uh, A lurky piss start, a slow build. I really did. uh, I enjoyed this one. Quite a bit. Uh, I also count that we have a little bit of new metal math going on later on in the song when he says, counting all the lies along the way. Count one, two, three. Count another lie. Look up. It's mine. 
Some Uh-oh. classic. You classic. hate to be counting lies and find one of your own in there. Mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta ask Josh, when you're when you're playing these shows, are you I are you thinking about the pit? Are you thinking about like this is about to fuck these guys up in a hardcore <laughs> way? Yeah, I mean, especially in this song, because it kind of builds to that very kind of punkish outro uh, towards the end of it, you know, so you know it's about to it's about to go down. Uh, this song, for some reason, always reminds me of a show we played in Denver. Um, you know, we got we got there, and it's like, everybody's like, you know, pace yourself, because, you know, the altitude and everything else. But uh, me being young and dumb, I was like, you know, no, I'm not going to have to pace myself. And then I think as soon as we got into this song, I was like, oh, "It's like where's the oxygen tank?" But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it it was always so much fun to play live with you know with the intro bass line and then kind of the um you know the breakdown uh, kind of bass line in there too. So it's just like it, it was the crowd's gonna come, and you know we're thinking about the crowd because the crowd at that time already had the albums so they know what's coming too so so it was always a good time all the way around matt thoughts on growing i love that baseline because I, I love a like a kind of just yeah the way that it feels like it's building the whole time like some fucking something's fucking coming <laughs> are you ready for it <laughs> i don't know if you're ready <laughs> um the guitar guitars feel distor- disorienting like because they kind of just are a little discordant they're kind of grinding on each other which is kind of the feeling of that whole song until you get to the release. Um, we got a little pre-chorus, baby. Got a little pre. Oh, boy. Grinding and pre-chorus. My God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you if you like grinding, <laughs> buckle your shit up. Because... All right, everybody. We're about to get to the song Be- that Jenny and I have been texting about all week. Before, before we get into yes. the song. <laughs> Yeah. This is the song I've been waiting for to hear Jenny's reaction to. Every, oh ever since the God. first, ever since the first Primer episode. <laughs> wow! Well, okay. Here we go. Well, you're gonna hear it today. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, the next song is called Texas. Oh, Matt, Matt, hold on. We got we got a chorus to get to. Shaking hips on the post, doing 50. 
All right, Jenny, take it away. (laughs) When the first time I heard this song, I was jogging around my neighborhood and I had to stop running because I was laughing so hard because I knew that we were going to be listening to this with you, Josh. I was like, I don't want to listen to this song with Lauren and Matt or you. <laughs> I was just uh I got to know this this you must have played live. This we played every show. Okay. Did it have the int- what I I'm going to project an intended effect of this song and it's white women writhing and kind of like <laughs> Sort of like drawing them magnetically to like a stripperish type of like, is it like the influence grinding as Matt was saying before? Like, did it have that effect? Absolutely. Every <laughs> a lot of a lot ladies. of ar- a lot of arms in the air, a lot of girls pointing with one finger as they are singing the lyrics. Especially when we got to Texas, like I think we played four shows in Texas. On the first tour I did, and like I think another four the last time I the last time I toured with them, so you know you had to play Texas and Texas. But I mean, girls in like you know Portland, Oregon were also going getting into Texas too. So yeah, it was a very uh, a very strange scene at the uh, Primer Fifty Five show every time we played this one. Now I don't know if they have pontoon boats in Texas. <laughs> I think they have to, Matt. After this song was written. They immediately put in a massive order for pontoon boats. Because this is a pontoon classic, my friends. <laughs> I mean, oh, this God. is... yeah. I, I'm surprised I've never heard this on a pontoon. I just must have been not paying attention. That, A.K.A. Yeah. Poontoon. Poontoon. This, this is 100% my neighborhood growing up song. Like, you have a block party on my neighborhood, this would have been... If they were a little bit cooler, Stroken, you got (laughs) Iron Fifty Five, Stroken, then Texas. If they had known, if only they had known that this was available to them, they would have. Is this this song is like I so okay to me? This is very silly. Did it feel silly when you were playing it, or like maybe now you're just like fuck you for saying it's silly? This is a sexy song. I don't know. I'm this comfortable is art, with that. Jenny. The I don't. I know you've never I written know. a song before, but this is art. <laughs> uh, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I. Yeah, it's silly as hell. Like it's, it's, but it's. I, I it gets it gets the point across. You know, there's. They may have been broadening their audience with this song. Hold on, hold on a second. Whoa. You telling you me, tell me? You mean to tell me they're going? They're going. We got to get bigger. We got to go to the one of the biggest states, Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. You know what I'm saying? Everything. <laughs> Thirty-six, twenty-four, thirty-six. Only oh. if she's 5'3". Oh. Only if she's 5'3". Who said that? <laughs> you know, my, my Uncle Bill actually wrote that song. Sir Mix-a-Lot stole it from him. Your Uncle he Bill was a, wrote Babies Got Back? Yeah, yeah, he was a tailor. He was writing about the size of this lady he liked, and then he stole it. 
<laughs> Stole it from his tailor basket. Classic all the lyrics were always, always yep. ripping off them, them rhymes. <laughs> oh the boy, let me tell you. Um, there is a hilarious. I don't know if it's a type. I don't. I can, it's not a typo. It is. I would only say wishful thinking on the part <laughs> of the person who applied <laughs> the lyrics here. Oh, lyrics were submitted by user. Hold your breath. And um, the lyric in the actual liner notes is shaking your hips is some serious shit. <laughs> but that is not what they wrote. They wrote sucking dicks is some serious shit, which you know what? Also, also not wrong. Right. Not wrong. Like not it. wrong. That's a, still a fact. Still a fact. Um, I also wrote in my notes that um, I think this song is about strippers in Texas or Justice view of Texas girls. The handcuffs in the first uh, lyric indicate some kind of sub-dom relationship. <laughs> Did it again. <laughs> Found it. So, well, just, yeah, yeah. I'm glad there was. I'm glad that. Um, I'm glad to hear this was played every show. <laughs> Real waste of a song if it wasn't. Uh, yeah. What yeah. a dream. Yeah, Jenny, did you have any favorite comments on songmeanings.com? Uh, the both the comments that I'm seeing say it's a good song. <laughs> so, okay. I don't know, maybe I liked both of those. Uh, Biodome Bud and Stalker's Age enjoyed the song. Are you seeing different uh No, those comments? are the two comments I saw as well. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we can agree it's a good song and I feel really good about, you know, knowing I can imagine the dancing that was going on to this, uh, and it makes me really happy. So thank you for that. See, up here, we have this place called the Hayloft Liquor Stand, <laughs> and this w- would be, it's flies to honey. Like, this is, would go over there so well. Like, perfect. I'm going to put it out there right now. This pandemic ends. You make the call, Josh. You say, Bobby, we got to get the band back together. Take it on tour. We got to get our asses to the hayloft. Fill that place to the brim and then play Texas like four fucking times in a row. It will rule. I'm just saying. You would have to go to where the hayloft once was. No longer exists. What? What, you guys? When? When did that happen? But there is a woman in a leather vest named Pam who will tell you all about it. When did they? When did they close the hayloft? I'm. I gotta think it was at least eight years ago. Oh my god! It's been a while, Lauren. Oh no! Sorry, buddy. Wait, what? Wild Woody's is closed. The the Western Bar with the mechanical bull across the street is also closed. So diamonds and spurs. You guys, you guys. Sorry. You, I can. I is the Emerald Ballroom still there? (laughs) To be honest with you, I don't know. And and Josh, I'm I'm sorry for naming all these places you'll never get to experience, but I feel like you probably have experienced them just in different zip codes different forms and states just tell me that the auto industry is still thriving in detroit that's all i need to know (laughs) never been better we're doing okay we're opening the plants next Uh, by the way my thoughts are my own i'm not speaking for anybody (laughs) 
We're trying, baby. Oh, boy. All right. Well, now that I got to go pour one out for the hayloft, oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> well, I just, you know what? I just did the math on that. I was in Pittsburgh in, in 2012 uh, when it would have closed. And so that's why I didn't know. My apologies. Did um, you to... look it up? Because like eight years was an estimate. I'll find out um, for sure when it when it. Well, uh, I was in Pittsburgh from 2009 to 2013. So anything that was going on, I missed it. Man. And uh, you know what? The other thing about the Hayloft uh, that I'm speaking of so fondly right now, I got to mention, I've never been there. But I've heard <laughs> a million ads for it, which make me feel like I've always been there. I feel like I was raised by the hayloft. Um, the hayloft of your mind. Truly. You know what? Whenever you're feeling stressed, I tell this to anybody, go to your hayloft mind palace and you will feel much better. And Ginny, I will say yes. that if you if you would have wanted to hear Texas Live, we played December 13th at the Machine Shop in 2002, and we played December 14th oh, wow. at Harpo's. So you had two chances, Ginny. I missed it. Um <laughs> I don't think I would have been allowed into Harpo's in 2002 as I was 17 years old. Um, so My joints dusted up again. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, Work boy. this out. <laughs> so, but you old know what? It's, over here. I know. I know. I'm not, I'm not going to give up. Maybe I'll, I'll t- travel back in time and, and get, to, get to experience it. I don't know. Jenny uh, got a time machine, and the first thing she did was <laughs> go back to the Harpos to see Texas Live. Yeah, I yeah, and I was like, in the future, you're going to be on a podcast. There's a pandemic, and you're on a podcast. And be like, this bitch is insane. Uh, all right, so up next, are we ready for it? Ready, ready. It's tricycle. <laughs> Go to 218. 218. I can do that. Here we go. Oh, man. I wrote my notes. This song, it's all about getting older, man. Thinking back, the fact that youth wasted on the young. And being an adult, hard. It's difficult. (laughs) 
and you think back, you know, it says it on that. And it's funny that the, the opening lyrics at first, I'm like, this guy has got to be in his late 20s and he's singing about catching the bus. What's going on here? But then I stuck with it because I'm no quitter. And I was like, oh, I see where we're going with this. I'm on the journey. I'm on the ride. And we get to that second verse. He's talking about staying up late, got two jobs, work my fingers to the bone. All my bills keep adding up. I'm like, what is with all this relatable content? <laughs> I uh, very enjoyed this one. Thought this one was great. Jenny, thoughts on Tricycle? Uh, I, I also enjoyed it. I agree with you. When I was thinking about catching the bus, I was like, all right, what's going on here? But yeah, I liked it. I, I like the, the theme of like thinking about, um, you know, like what's the cost? Well, Matt, get rid of that snapshot you just took <laughs> right now. <laughs> God, Matt, see, <laughs> why can't I go back to being a child, a tiny child? Uh, there we go. That's better. I look upset. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I liked I liked that reflection. I thought it was interesting. Uh, just in general, I, I thought the song had a nice build, and we definitely are hitting the funk pipe. I like that we got a little bit of that groove up top there. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Josh? Um, Josh? Tell us everything. <laughs> this is one we actually did not play live, but this is one that anytime we talked about set lists or whatnot, people always wanted to play live. But, you know, I've never been a lyric guy. I've never been a, you know, I need to dissect lyrics and find out what they're talking about. So a lot of listening to the album today, kind of getting ready for this, I listened to Jason a little bit more. And this song in particular, just kind of him talking about growing older and things like that. You know, we lost him. Uh, in 2018 and so it's just kind of sad hearing him now with the lyrics of you know every day getting older and you know taking a look in the mirror and whatnot that those those kind of hit me different now but uh but yeah so so hearing those today just kind of kind of put me in a, in a funk for a minute i understand yeah. that Fo um, follow that yeah. up matt <laughs> Oh no! Oh funky can, funky can. I'll be over here with John Legier. <laughs> funky can. I'll say now less than ever. Now less than ever. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm just man. kidding, Ken. I love Dude, you. <laughs> after we make the activate the pit shirt, we're gonna make funny Funky Ken now less than ever. <laughs> I just. <laughs> I don't mean that. I I love Funky Ken. You know. <laughs> Nobody loves Funky Ken. <laughs> <laughs> and you were talking about oh, him boy. being in his late twenties. I think Jason probably would have been twenty or twenty one when he wrote these lyrics, so Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I gotta say, um the um, vocally on this record, we haven't talked too much about his vocals. Tremendous work. Really, we do a lot of bands on this show and a lot of people who they can scream but they can't sing. They can sing but they can't scream. But Jason, man, could really do it all and definitely pulled off just ev about everything. Everything he tries, he nails on this album. Very impressive on that. This is another one I definitely, it did hit me at one point that I was like, man, these guys in a third record. Really, really. I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's too bad. But um, yeah, definitely like this one a lot. And just uh, the grounded nature of these lyrics, it did sort of strike me as like, I don't think we necessarily get too much of this in new metal. I, I think it's more of like a, a weird sort of arrested development 
situation of of like talking about sort of petty stuff and this one it's sort of like you know i think about when i'm being a kid but i'm an adult now and i'm dealing with adult shit a surprising maturity is what i found all right uh up next we've got pills surprise no one that i wrote in my notes we are rocking (laughs) (laughs) no no i gotta ask josh so this was was this a live show statement absolutely yes that was uh you made the first lick started and you put your finger up like this one got him going oh yeah this was a big this was a big activator for you yeah this was quite possibly my favorite song to play live just because it's just it's easy as hell to play live but it's like it just pummels you the entire time and you get a nice little kind of bassy uh verses there so you know i get to rock out and then i get to show off a little bit so so how does it make you feel when you hear lauren say we are most certainly (laughs) rocking well being an avid listener of this show i know that that is high praise so Um, and I will say uh, that I that I can yeah. see all you guys. You guys are are robbing the fans that this is not a video podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I, I gotta say, you know, the you know, he goes into sort of like um I wouldn't say a whisper boy, but like um these verses without the the bass momentum could almost be sleepy, but it, the momentum never lets up. And immediately I'm just like, shit, man, this is a stoker. We're stoking this pit for the drop. The drop happens, and you're just like, damn it. They did it. That's Bobby uh, singing on the verses. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Jenny, thoughts on Pills? I think Pills is a hot song. I really liked it. Uh I liked it throughout. I thought it was awesome. Um, it felt a little bit more, I don't know. I don't know if thrashy is the right way to say it, but uh, toward the end there, uh, you know, picked up and I loved it. I loved it. I can see why it would be fun to play because I know a lot about playing music, as you all know. Um, Wait a ball, minute. Known for strings and bass. <laughs> 
Ernie. Ernie Ball. My godfather, Ernie Ball. <laughs> raised <What>? me. <laughs> oh man. Um yeah, I Jenny, you gotta ask Mitch more about the uh the uh the pedal chairs. I'm just really just curious more about the pedal chairs. Um <laughs> They are little like um, I, he initially made them for a tuner that he didn't want to have on his pedal board. He wanted to have it sitting in front of him, so he had more room for the other pedals. And now he just keeps making them. Um, they're like little display stands, but they look like little tiny like Adirondack chairs. They're very cute. <laughs> they do. Uh, can I can I tell you a little bit? Um, I did not know that guitar pedals were even a thing until I got into an argument in, I want to say, ninth grade, ninth or tenth grade, in high school at lunch about Tom Morello. I was like, Tom Morello's the best. The stuff that guy can do, nobody's better than that guy. And this guy goes, it's all just pedals. I said, I, I beg your pardon? He goes, <laughs> he's just pressing a pedal. That's what he's doing. I said, what do you mean a pedal? What are you talking about a pedal? He's playing guitar. He's not riding a bike. What are you talking about? He's like, guitar pedals, motherfucker. And I was like, Jesus Christ, what is going on? Blew my mind. Had no idea. I don't think it discounts anything that Tom Morello does, obviously, because now everybody uses pedals. But I had no idea that guitar pedals were even a thing until someone decided to get up in my face. You went to a very angry high school. Everybody was pissed 24-7, 365. <laughs> Pedals are on my wow. mind. Let me tell you. Pissed. Oh, wow. man. When, yeah. when did you first learn of the existence of pedals, Josh Toomey? Do you remember the specific <laughs> instance? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I knew of pedals probably the day I picked up a guitar, and uh, I think we all had the heavy metal pedal and the death metal pedal, and, you know, all those wonderful, uh, you know, made by your other grandfather on your mother's side, the uh, Boss family. So that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea. So there you go. Well, well now you know. No, I mean, no. I mean, I know I've known for a while now. It's mm. not new, <laughs> new information. I went a long, long chunk. Yeah, let me let me tell you. Do you remember the video for Blur Song Two? Mm-hmm. When he stomps on the pedal in that video, I remember going, "Oh, that's what they look like." Like, I mean, every day was a learning experience for me in my life. You know, you went. That's what those Learning look like, pedals. motherfucker. Motherfucker! I was like, "Where's that guy?" <laughs> You piece of shit. Oh, Brayden. Oh, where are you? Yeah. Brayden? Yeah. You take shit off a kid named Brayden. <laughs> Brayden. Yeah, man. I mean. Well, Brayden and Lauren. I mean, some kid named. <laughs> some kid named Brayden was talking shit about Tom Morello. Like, oh, do you want to know who? School. Do you want to know who he was like? You know, you know who Tom Morello gets smoked by? You know who you fucking was repping? You say uh, Johnny Lang? Oh, close. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> give me a break is right. Stevie Ray Vaughan is kind of like adult Johnny Lang. So, uh, I mean, I was just like, I can't believe you're saying that to me. We're teenagers. You've never heard of Steve I or Joe Satriani. Oh, I was disgusted. I was, I'm still disgusted, clearly. Boy, oh you boy. ever go to one of those 3G concerts? 
and just be washing a bunch of dudes <laughs> digging on guitar heroics. Oh, boy. Dad, insult to injury. Around the same time, my dad was watching TV and he would watch those PBS concerts. And he went, hey, get in here. Watch this guy play. And I was like, who am I about to walk into? And I like walked Austin in. Like Austin City Limits? Yeah, something like that. And I walked in and there he was. Sweaty as hell, Stevie Ray Vaughn just ripping it up. Guy is crying. And I was like, I can't do this right now. I can't do this. Well, I'm sorry for your troubles. It sounds Thank like you. Yeah. sounds tough. Uh well yeah. I, I, I think we should keep listening to this album unless Josh yes. wants to yes. move in with all of us on this Skype call. <laughs> Santa True Roach Coach episode for seven hours. Uh all right. Up next, we've got lessons This has an incredible new metal line in it. Every time I turn my back, I have a knife in it. That's the shit right there. That's the stuff. That's the stuff. Josh, we'll start with you. Lessons. This ever get some live play? Did uh, you ever we, give yourself a break? Yeah, we never played this one live. But I do believe that this is the Ginny uh, anthem. For sorry I'm antisocial. But people make me sick. I mean, <laughs> is that an all-timer chorus? Yeah. <laughs> Did I hear that? I was like, oh yeah. Uh, I love people. Okay, don't let my don't let my salty presence fool you. I love people, but that chorus really really good this is an interesting song uh i i was not sure what to think up top all the the smoothness the horn section that was like super interesting and then you just get kicked in the face by the chorus really love it really do love it yeah this one was very cool um actually there's a really cool phaser vocal at 130 matt if you want to go to that i very much enjoyed that That's a very cool effect there. That I enjoyed a lot. Matt, thoughts thoughts on lessons? Well, at first I was very thinking like did Chuck Mangione join the group for a minute? We're about to hear feels so good. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And then the uh, chorus drops and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get my face ripped off. <laughs> Dude. 
y'all know feel so good about Chuck Mangione? That, that didn't land. That joke fell I dead. Don't, I was going to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to look it yeah. up later. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, it's, I feel that's probably one of those songs that if I heard it, I'd go, oh, is that what this... Let's speed it up. Come on. Oh, come on. Long way to go. Oh, please. that primer dropped this before you guys came on because nothing gets a crowd more hype than chuck mangione's feel so good i know in the in the last tour we did when i was in the band in like 07 we played two mickey avalong songs back to back so that's how we knew we were gonna get the that 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 <laughs> <laughs> we always had a cue no matter where we were in the building like if you heard mickey avalon playing that means we were about to go on so you had to get to the stage. If you hear my dick, <laughs> drop everything. <laughs> get your gear ready. Yes. When I think 2007, I think of two things. I think of that Justice album and Mickey fucking Avalon. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, songmeanings.com. One comment, but it's a good one. It's from Kappa for Life 20. I see what you did there. This song is my anthem for every shitty day I've ever had, and I'm sure it will be in the future. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right. Let's keep this going. All right. Uh, up next, we've got a little interstitial boy called 502, and that goes into Lou Evil. Let's die. One, one, one time. 
remember to order something funky? Ken, yes. your time Woo. has come. <laughs> yeah, buddies. By the way, Josh, thank you for joining us. Do you need a new phone plan? <laughs> I do, actually. What do you got going on down there? Any any good uh, COVID-19 oh, oh deals? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. What do you need? You need a phone? We got them. Nobody has come to the store. <laughs> I put up a sign that says COVID deals, and everybody thinks that they can get a deal to get COVID. <laughs> so it is not going good for me. Funky Can is really driving T-Mobile into the dirt. I just need something, you know, maybe uh, nights and weekends free after 7. Uh, do you guys do curbside service now? What are we doing? The ship store? Or what are we doing? I will tell you what. If you place an order with me, I will come out to your car. You will know it's me because there's only one guy who looks like Funky Kid. Right. right. Uh, you pop that trunk, I will slide such a deal into your back seat. I'm telling you what, you won't even know. It's so good. Number one, every purchase comes with Sly and the Family Stone. You you'll get the record. Okay. You and then I'll tell you what, we have a plan right now where it's just basically phone. Like you pay Wow. Yeah, it's just phone. That's the name of the plan. Okay, okay. Look it up. T Mobile phone. Okay, for twenty American dollars. That's not a very good it's not a very easily Googled plan. You will never you will never find this plan online. That's why you got to talk to Funky Kid. It is just phone. What do you want a phone to do? Phone, phone thing. Okay. So we will get it to you. Boom. Slide it right into your trunk, into your back seat. Now, when I show Boom. up, can you transfer the numbers from my old phone to my new phone? Oh, yeah. I can port numbers. The FCC allows me to do that. Okay. Okay. Now, will you be doing, do you have a, a contraption or will you be doing this manually from my old phone to my new phone? I need you to yell me the old ESN number from your phone. I'll be on the inside with an iPad and I will make the number. It will auto magic. It is auto magically taken care of. Then I come out with Sly and the Family Stone. I slide that in the back. I also give you a copy of the movie, The Family Stone, for no reason at all. What time do you guys close tonight? Wow. I, I do need to come down. No, I, you give me a call. I will go to the store. We are desperate for business. Wow. Well, I'm really, really, really glad that we were able to, to get Josh a new phone. By the way, that song is real good. Um, well, I just want to say, yeah. um, I want to say that I have hated Funky Ken <laughs> for a really long time, but <laughs> Funky Ken offering curbside service to Josh is, <laughs> might be the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> wow. I'm glad you've come I around. I'm literally, I'm literally yeah, yeah. weeping. Oh my God. Uh Let's talk about this song for just a minute. <laughs> um, this is a song about Louisville. There you go. Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. But um, not, not it, it, I don't know, it didn't sound, um, it sounds more seductive than evil, but maybe, you know, the seduction is the evil. Um, the horns. Noticed them on the first listen. Loved them. I wrote, 
when is the last time we have heard horns on a new metal record? I don't think have we ever heard horns on a new metal record? Puya? Puya. That might be it. I loved hearing this. The use of the horns was great. I sort of this is the kind of surprise I hope to find on these albums. It's a very interesting creative choice, and I love it. I love it. I thought it was great. Uh, Jenny, thoughts on Louisville? Uh, I I also enjoyed it. It kept with that hitting that funk pipe, uh, and yeah, it was it was interesting to hear the horns. I wonder, did was this ever played live, Josh? Not to my knowledge, no. And obviously, we didn't carry a horn player for this one song. Wow. Well, maybe that's obvious to you, but there's probably a <laughs> horn player standing in the audience just waiting to be hey, called man. up. <laughs> I brought, uh, I brought it, man. Give me the point. I'm up on the stage. You know, it's funny listening to, to this one today. It, it made me remember that Bobby is a very big fan of, like, the Mighty Mighty Boss tones. And it's kind of got that gravelly voice, like, um, whatever the Mighty Mighty Boss tones big, big uh, hit was. And, you know, the horns and stuff. So I kind of wondered if there's a correlation there or if it just happened that way. Yeah. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Matt, thoughts on Louisville? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Funky Ken enjoyed it as well. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Oh, man. Yeah. <clears throat> there was uh, one comment on songmeetings.com. I think it's worth uh, getting to. Sir Middlefinger says, this is quite obviously a song about coming home, being yourself, feeling secure due to knowing everything that's around, things and persons. He's taken off the coat and therefore taken off all the dirt from right outside that he got caught in it. Everything in his house is well known, no hurry, and a lot of comfort. It's just what you're supposed to feel after coming home after quite a long time. For example, after a tour with Primer 55. This can also be an explanation for life because the Primers are from Louisville. Lou Evil. Whatever. This song offers you a good mood to take from it. It's still a primer song, but with all this brass stuff, they're even better than before. Very, very atmospheric song. A lot of exclamation points. So there we go. A lot of thought put into that. Cracked the whole Louisville thing wide open. Wide open. Sir Middlefinger did it. (sighs) He's not Mr. Middlefinger. He is Sir Middlefinger. (laughs) <laughs> that is right. All right. I think we're ready for this next one, Jenny. All right. Up next, we've got Hesitation. God damn it. Matt, if you go to 125, you can get the full chorus. All right, here we go. Tell me 
very end of that, uh, I should mention in the liner notes, the horn section is referred to as the Devil Horns, and they consist of Joe Regina on trumpet and fuglehorn, Sam Albright on saxophone, and Ryan Zowell on trombone. Props to the Devil's Horns. I like this one. A little bit of funky bass up top. Great use of the horns. The horns are so perfectly used in this, it's kind of wild because I feel like I I have it has been no secret that me and Ska do not get along. <laughs> and the use of horns on this, I was just thinking, this is how it's done. Ska, take a note. This sounds cool. All right. Ska's fine. Ska's okay. Scott, take a note. Take a note, Scott. Scott can take a note. Scott can take a note. Scott has a note for you. Oh, really? Yeah. It's just a drawing of a middle finger. It's pedals, Once all 27 members of the band set up, (laughs) they're going to tell you. That's exactly There is a a Lowe's commercial that plays around here a lot right now about – making the most of being at home. And there's one tiny clip of a scene that stresses me out. And it's an at-home ska band with a little kid playing the trombone. And I am like, do not start a ska band with your family in these times. Please, Lowe's, you are being reckless and irresponsible. Do not suggest that. But you leave ska alone. I agree the horns in this... uh, are, they're not corny, which I think, if you told me there were horns on this record before we started it, I would assume that they were weird and corny, but they were not. Um, I like them a lot on this song. Josh, you guys ever do Hesitation Live? No, we never did Hesitation Live. This is one song that I, when I heard it today, I was like, I don't remember this one at all. But, uh, but <laughs> you know, actually it was a pretty, pretty cool song. I was like, well, maybe we should have busted this one out. And uh, you know, taking a couple of horn players out with us on the on tour. I'm just saying, man, get that get that horn pit going. Yeah, I mean, the, I guess it's an orchestra pit. The, the funkiness of this song, though, made me actually want to ask Ken: uh, Will I have games like built into my phone, or does it come with Snake? <laughs> if you ordered that phone, I'm telling you right now. Name a game, baby. It's gonna be on there. I have, I have, I have Tetris on a TI eighty five. I can lend you. I'm telling you, at this moment, if you order something funky, Ken will hook you up. All right, thanks. Uh, yeah, I'll be there in about twenty minutes. So, oh, let me grab my boots. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm his so lonely. His boots have a lot of laces and eyelets. So he's gotta. Yeah, takes him a while. Yeah. For some reason, whenever Funky Ken gets home, he unlaces his boots completely <laughs> and then steps yeah. out of them. And it's one actual, like, you you think that shoes have one lace that goes all the way through, but each eyelet in his boot is its own lace. And wow. then he does this, like, intricate braid all the way up. They're called draconian laces, and they are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. He's really fancy boots. They're great. Uh yeah. What's the name of the goth club you always talk about? City Club. City Club. Yeah, yeah. So Funky Kin goes to City Club after work. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I get into City Club. They start playing some of my favorites. 
Um, real quick, City Club still exists, right? They haven't closed that, right? Oh, City Club is like a cockroach. You can't get rid of it. Thank God. Thank I God. wouldn't be surprised if City Club was still having some sort of operation during this whole <laughs> oh. pandemic. I'm sure they got the shutdown order and they went, nice try, we're City Club. Um, <laughs> they, all right. They said, tell it to the rats. Yeah. <laughs> um all right i think we're ready for the next one all right up next we've got no sleep addicted no i'm not addicted i can stop i can stop whenever i can stop whenever i want any anytime i want really i just i just don't feel i need to you know if if i really wanted to i could i could stop but i i just uh i like it i like the way it makes me feel and why shouldn't i you know it feels good do it right got grind we got chug we got the lyric book 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 <laughs> we're crushing we're crushing we got grind we got chuck we've got buck 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 if you've got your bingo card out you're all set and ready to go yeah this thing uh this is pretty tremendous i mean still a heavy track clearly about sort of just the thrall of drug use and what i got out of it is sort of like a resistance to being to getting clean but still a tremendous track uh josh what'd you think of this one this is always a good one uh you know we never played this one live you know the rampant drug use you talk about though the you know by the time i joined the band i think they had lightened up a little bit but the stories that i heard about those guys like Bobby would talk about taking like morphine pills. I don't even know if he'd get it in a pill form, but like they would peel off the gel cap so it would like hit them faster. And I mean, it was some of the some of the most amazing stuff is when it comes to talking about taking pills. So uh, so yeah, rampant drug use in that band. Jenny, thoughts on no sleep? In my very detailed and wonderful notes, it says spooky boy, angry boy, drug talk. So uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I mean. It was interesting coming after, like, we had a couple, uh, at least a couple songs before this having, like, the horns and everything. This felt like more of, like, a return to what I might expect from this record or, like, something that was, like, a little bit more in the zone that I would expect. But I I did enjoy it. Matt, thoughts on No Sleep? I dug it. Again, I like a kind of a menacing bass line, which this has. You mentioned the chug. The chug is in full effect. I feel like this is a stoker, 
like audiences in they're locked in you could play this song and it's like they're gonna feel taken care of like yep i know what this is i know what we're doing let's go uh josh do you know uh, the vocal up top the i guess the interview section is that any member of the band or is that pulled from is that like a found recording i would <clears throat> i would say it's a found recording because i was actually thinking about that today listening to it trying to it didn't match anybody in the band so i assume that's just something they found all right let's keep it going up next we got my girl There, yeah, there's a chorus coming. We, yeah, we. I should have written it down, but yeah, it's coming. Give it a sec. Okay. Don't worry, it's coming. It's Bobby singing that chorus, too. This one was very interesting to me. There's a lot there's a lot going on in this song. For one, you have these weird noises in the background that I noticed on my headphone listen that reminds me of if you were ever in um, theater in, like, middle school or high school and they had to imitate the sound of thunder in the background of a scene and they would like these giant pieces of paper to make it sound like that that sound is yeah that sound is underneath it which i thought was interesting uh but then we get into this chorus and i was like silver chair is that you that's took me straight to silver chair land and i'm never mad to be about that so i very much enjoyed that jenny what'd you think of my girl i liked a sad relationship song you know obviously going through it I wondered if it was just kind of like written generally or if it was like written about a specific thing. Uh, It can't be easy to be in a relationship while one half of that is gone all the time. So I wondered if it was a little bit of something like that. 
And then I wondered, Josh, you said everybody was fighting all the time. Uh, I don't know. Were they like, was there like relationship grumps going on? Was that part of the fighting? And then I thought, because you were kind of the new guy, did they try to like, was it like a thing where they'd get in a fight and be like, Josh, what do you think? Like, I'm curious, like, what was it like to be around that? You don't have to answer that question, but the song just took me to real question land. You know, it's funny you asked that because it was at the time I was the new guy. So like they would fight amongst themselves, but then they would all take that energy and like focus it on me and like fuck with me for being the new guy too. So it was like, it it, it was a very, I don't want to say Jason Newstead kind of thing when you feel like to know the history of Metallica, but like they would all fight. But then they they could like find common ground on messing with me, so they would kind of all channel their their anger and hate and just put it towards me. I don't, and don't get me wrong, there was a few times where I was like about ready to say f all this noise and get out of here. But um, but yeah, th- their their home life were fine. I think that it was just the band life that was the uh, the big issue there. All right, all I'm right. adding all this right. to songmeanings.com right now. <laughs> 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 These guys were fine. Everybody's <clears throat> fine. Well, now that I think about it, Bobby was fine. I think Jason and his lady were having issues, but so take it, take it for what you will. I don't know. I didn't really get too much into the personal side, especially Jason's personal side. I was more uh, more fr- friendly with Bobby than Jason. And if you want to go back to a note, uh, Lauren, uh, the song before Matt James vocal intro. So, oh, okay, Matt James. Uh, I do want to mention this comment. On songmeanings.com from Pimpslayer187. Where you been, Pimpslayer? Man, let me tell you. Murdering pimps. <laughs> they said, have you ever been in a long relationship, taking the good with the bad, doing everything you can to make the other person feel special, only to get shit on in the end? This song, to me, is about someone telling that person off they are sick of it all. You're not the only one who knows me and feels like I do. This person does not deserve you. Time to move on. <laughs> Out. Time to move on. Speaking of moving on. <laughs> Qu- I have a quick cue. Ooh. How respectful of our time is this album? This album comes in at 44 minutes and 58 seconds. Very respectful of our time. Very respectful. Incredibly respectful. All right, um, we got a we got a couple more. Let's we do. We sure it. do. All right, up next is Ricochet. Oh my gosh! Crush thirteen. You think we're resting? You think we're taking a napper? Oh, if you thought that, you thought fucking wrong. Primer ain't done yet. 
Oh my gosh, Josh. Please tell me you guys played this song. Now that is a set staple right there. There we go. <laughs> Holy God. Wow. Wow. This is a crowd. This is this is somebody's getting crowd killed with this one. 100%. For sure. Oh my lord. That thing, I wrote in my notes, let's fucking go. I don't normally write let's fucking go on track 13. <laughs> but <laughs> no. Man, oh man. <laughs> Ah, uh, wow. Uh, tremendous. Uh, this, is this a fun one to play, I assume? Yeah, another one, uh, you know, you just kind of got to go with it. You you know, you, you know your parts and you got to go. There's no real thinking when you're playing something like mm. that. But, yeah, it was uh, obviously always a crowd favorite. And, uh, you know, you get that and you get pills going. You, you, you know, you're going to crowd you kill the crowd eventually. Boy, oh, boy. Jenny, thoughts on Ricochet? Uh, perhaps unsurprisingly, this is my favorite song on the record. I loved it. I wrote, this is a ripper. More of these. Uh, so, you know, this is like if somebody bought me like a little pack of like chocolates and they were all ricochet, I would be like, perfect. Great. Thank you. I love it. Uh, I mean, and the, you know what? Oh, this sorry. is the only time we hear the word I cunt in the whole record. And I was like, <laughs> after I was like, this is by far my favorite one. I was like, oh, yeah, this is where he screams that someone's a whore and like suffering. I was like, here's that internalized misogyny. Good for me. Uh, so, uh, you know, but rippers will do what they must. Uh, and that could also be a, uh, a song meanings addition. They were submitted by Hold Your Breath, and as we know, Hold Your Breath has... Not a reliable narrator. <laughs> Maybe not. not. Maybe not. There are two comments on songmeanings.com. Both of them are pretty good. The first one is from Ricochet, who wrote, Damn, that song is good. It c- controls me. It can relate to almost any situation in life. I like that. Any situation you're in, you're like, this is just like Ricochet. First <laughs> communion, no doubt. Ricochet. <laughs> Anything. Anything. Yeah. And you know what? And it's it's one of those things you can just turn to somebody. You can be standing in line, maybe. Just be like, oh, this this is just like Ricochet. Right? Right. Controls your life. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know what? There it is. There it is. Uh, and the comment from Live Backwards eight oh one said this song is two minutes of smack your fucking face. Shame this band broke up. Indeed, indeed. Matt, any any last thoughts on Ricochet? No, that's a that's a killer, man. That that song fucking rips. All right. All right. It, we got. You know, it's. I'm sorry. Sorry, I do. We have no. a couple things. No, it, it makes sense. You know. Now that we have Josh here and he's talking about like burning out a crowd, I don't think about that all the time. But it's like twenty ricochets in a, in a <laughs> row, and the crowd's gonna be like, "Yeah, we ain't got it anymore, bro." <laughs> That's why you need a little Texas in your life. Oh yeah, Jenny just wants twenty That's twenty a, ricochets. I well, you know, throw a Texas in the middle there just to just to throw <laughs> off the equilibrium. Uh, I mean, okay, so, like, to be fair, yes, I would like to listen to 20 Ricochets, but I am also not the person at the show that's, like, getting in the middle of it, and 
I rarely ever have been. So for me, I'm just like enjoying from afar. If I was in a band, I probably would appreciate me being there, but not quite so much as somebody who's like really giving it back. You know, I'm just kind of taking it. I'll buy it. I'll give it back in other ways, Uh, (laughs) you know, but like not not getting kicked in the head or anything like that. So that makes sense. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, I guess this is a good time to ask Josh. So, um, you guys would open with loose. What was the general show closer? Uh, the big fuck you from the first album. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Makes sense. All right. Here it is. Final track. Final track. All in the family. Oh man. If Fred Durst <laughs> shows up on this one. love it when a band decides you know what we came in hot we're going out hot just we're, we're not we're not giving you some slow ballad we're doing it did you guys have any ballads of any kind yeah was it was it called texas straight- <laughs> 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 it's a love my song. mistake not, my yeah. mistake oh man oh man uh yeah i like this one a lot it was interesting because it felt like this felt like a um a song of like of like solidarity of like Refirming, I don't know, a scene or the band or something like that. Was this one that you guys ever played live, Josh? Uh, on the on the Dope Skin Lab tour, we played this every night, and it was one of my favorites to play live. And you're talking about, you know, kind of the all in the family family vibe. There was a big, you know, Primer Fifty Five, you know, motto of family for life. You know, all the fans that were there. You know, I've still got friends from from that tour that I met. You know, that that came out to a bunch of shows. You know, and that was the big moniker for a long time was the uh, family for life. So, so yeah, I think you kind of hit, you know, hit it on the head there with the, you know, catching the family vibe that they were trying to, to, to put out there. Yeah. I also like the line, don't fuck with my life. Don't spit in my eyes. You know what? Same. Hmm. Please don't. You know, you can get, you know, get, uh, you know, get coronavirus through your eyes. So that's, uh, oh, that's right. It never more. You know what? (laughs) All in the family still relevant. relevant. There you go. Jenny, thoughts on All in the Family? Uh, still relevant. Still relevant. <laughs> I liked it. Thought it was a strong closer. This album, uh, I listened to it more than three times because Whoa. it just really it was a speedy listen. Was Every it like the first Corn like, album? <laughs> that many listens? No. 
No, 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 no. What do you mean I you only listened to it three times? I listened to this thing two weeks straight. Yeah. <laughs> no, not like that. I think I listened to this four, four nice. times, probably four or five times. But really, I mean, like, it, it clips. Like, there was never a point listening to it that I felt like this is a slog at all. Um, yeah, so I don't know. The first time I listened to it, I think I was so shook by Texas that I was like, <laughs> I don't know what to do with this album. And then when I listened to it again, I was like, oh, Texas just fucked you up. So that's why I gave it some more listens. Because once that shock wore off, I was like, okay. Because, uh, my God, that song stands out on this record. Like, wow, well, we take a trip there. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah all in the family. Liked it. Matt, thoughts on All in the Family? Liked it, man. I, um, I'm kind of with you. Kind of. I am with you both. Uh, I am delighted that they decided to go out rocking. Always a good thing. And, you know, we're about to get into it with the canon talk. But, man, this very balanced record. A very balanced record. Well, all right, that is the record, and it is indeed time for Cannon Talk. Talk about the canon. <laughs> all right, uh, Jenny, we'll start with you. Um, I why don't we start with Josh? Okay, sure, Josh. <laughs> Josh, we'll start with you. Um, well, I have no bearing on the canon, but I, I do want to say the going into this album, you know, they came came off of Introduction to Mayhem. Very, very rap metal, new metal album to a fault, like you guys like to say. But even, you know, you guys have a timeline of, of you know, getting the party started and, you know, in the thick of it and things like that. But even though they were technically in the thick of it, and I remember the mentality at the time, we all knew that the party was about to be over 9-11 or not. You know, we knew, not, not that you knew a, a tragedy was about to happen, a terrorist attack was about to happen, but you could tell times were changing and... I think this is the album where they're changing the sound enough to not be lumped in with all the new metal bands all the time. So I guess that kind of gives a little bit bear a little bit of bearing on the on the new metal canon for this album, but I mean I think this is a a progression in a in a in a more rock band direction, a more metal band direction rather than just a, a new metal album. Okay. Jenny, thoughts? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, I really liked this record. Um, it definitely, I think, moved the band in like a... Well, I, I enjoyed this more than the first record that we listened to. Um, I thought it was very, very good. Um, I don't know about putting the whole thing in, um, but I really, really enjoyed growing quite a bit. Um, I loved... I loved, um, Jesus, what is the song called? Texas. Texas. We got to <laughs> put Texas in. Uh, I really liked Lessons quite a bit. I really liked Ricochet quite a bit. Um, I'm not I'm not against putting the whole thing in. I'm just not sure about it. Um, I really did enjoy um, the different directions that it went in. I thought it sounded great. I enjoyed the inclusion of horns and i wasn't sure that i would um but i thought it was done really well um like i said listening to this album it does clip it's very fun top to bottom um and i'm curious to hear what you think warren and matt 
Uh, you well, know, I really like. I really you like made this a face, album. Lauren. You made a smirk, well, and I'm excited to hear oh, what you say oh. now. I, I I really like this album. I, I thought it had a sharp focus in sound. It has great vocals and riffs. Uh, I love the choices with the horns. I was also skeptical, and they really came through. And I also I thought it was a huge step up from the first album. I I was sitting there thinking, well, do we do the whole thing? And but then I was like, okay, you got to put in growing but then you got to put in this life but then lessons but pills but ricochet but texas but tricycle and i was like shit i think we should just put the whole thing in so that's where i stand right now i say put the whole thing in and i would say that even if josh wasn't here (laughs) there you go matt thoughts When I heard Josh just explain what he thought of the album or kind of the general feelings that he had, I was like, I hear that. I hear the progression of the band. That first one, there's no ifs, ands, or buts on what genre that they were trying to lock into. But I hear this one, and I hear a lot of different genres. I hear them being a lot more adventurous, of being a lot more outside. Like, Ricochet's nearly a hardcore song. Nearly. Uh, We've got some funk. I mean, Funky Ken showed up, which is always a good thing for me. But then there's other things that it's like, that's un, the chug is unmissable. Like, it is the genre of new metal that we love. And it's like, there's too many songs on here that we would put in individually that we would probably just be better off putting it in whole cloth. And plus, it means Texas is in there, so. <laughs> That's really important because every so often, if I'm walking around the canon, I need to, I need to sway. I need to feel and sexy. I need to put my one finger up and hold my other drink and just <laughs> do. You need to claw out and just. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Let me tell you. Well, all right. Is that, is that, are we doing it? Are we doing it? I have been convinced. There you have it. In the canon, Primer 55, the new release. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Josh, how do you feel about being affiliated with an a member of the new metal canon. Well, I would like to accept this honor <laughs> for my friends <laughs> in Primer 55, Preston, Bobby, Jason. Rest in peace, Jason. I will uh, accept this honor for all of us <laughs> and be inducted into the new metal canon. You know, it's funny. If you were to ask me which of the two albums would have gotten into the new metal canon, I would have said Introduction to Mayhem and not this one. So I uh, I stand corrected, you guys. You know, we got the Dean of New Metal and, uh, you know, the, the uh, Indigo Angel and the Roach Rider for Life. Uh, I, I, enjoy, life. I enjoy it. Would you say that well, it there makes you, you want to say, Lord, have mercy? <laughs> Lord have mer- oh, we're gonna have a oh, bass oh, off. Oh, or are we gonna have oh, a funky oh, oh, kin bass Matt, off? Matt's got his oh, bass. No. <laughs> oh no! Oh, yeah, oh, I'm no. terrible at this thing. Oh boy! All right. Well, there you have it. Primer 55, the new release in the new metal canon. 
And that does bring us to the end of our episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Keep on saying hello online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, for Roach Coach and all those. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Josh. Oh, you're right. Josh. Where can people find you, check you out, and get into what you're into? Well, in about 10 minutes, I'll be at the T-Mobile down the street. Uh, <laughs> I'll be waiting there, baby. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just make sure to check out everything that I do. Uh, Talk to me podcast, my last name, T-O-O-M-E-Y. Uh, any podcast catcher you have out there, iTunes, Google Play, Podcast Addict, Stitcher. Uh, and then my new show with Ian Wadley uh, called Podcast or Diablo Sin Podcastica. It's uh, just uh, him and I riffing on uh, bands and talking about news and you know talking about albums and giving recommendations and all that good stuff. So uh, yeah, go check it out. My latest episode of Talk to Me features David Thibodeau, who was a Waco survivor who played drums for David Koresh, and so I got to ask him all about uh, playing music with David Koresh in the Mount Carmel. Uh, you know, place there in Waco. So it's it's a it's a pretty crazy interview, man. It's a good times. All right. Well, there you have it. Definitely check out Josh. Uh, listen to his shows. And until next time, Josh. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Jenny. <laughs> thank you, Josh. Thank you, <laughs> Jenny. Thank you, <laughs> Lauren. Thank yeah, you. You're welcome. Matt, thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. I really have the easiest job in that. Thank you. <laughs> I was just happy to do it. Jigsaw girl calling your bro. Where you better, baby, where you went to?